And I'm very excited because we're talking investments in this space. And in particular, it's been a crazy year. We've seen unicorns struggle. We've seen others do really, really well. And today we have some wonderful guests with us to talk about the investment space in particular, what investors are looking for in startups, and what startups should be considering when looking for their next round of investment as well. With us today is Todd Fowler. He's the Director of Strategic Partnerships over at Auto Tech Ventures. Todd, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Grace. Thanks so much for having me. And that's that's a good intro. There's certainly a lot going on. Yeah, we've had positives uh, and negatives here and there. It's, a, it's definitely not the environment we saw a couple years ago where money was cheap and, and it was going everywhere. But I think that's great for us to kind of learn from the past few years and and really help our audience kind of gauge what we should expect going into this brand new year as well. And I'd love if you could share some of your insights just on specific technologies, innovations that you think are the most attractive and exciting for investors today. Yeah, sure, Grace. Certainly happy to. And, and it is interesting where the environment is different than what we've been in the past couple of years. You know, we're still seeing a lot of great, you know, startups, a lot of great technology. You know, our deal flow here at AutoTech is still, you know, we're up significantly year over year and seeing a lot of innovation in the freight tech space. You know, specifically to, I think, kind of your question, what you're asking for, you know, I'll shy away a little bit from kind of what's in the headlines. And of course, everybody's attracted to anything that's kind of AI related in, in that space. Um, but, you know, we're seeing a lot of things that are very specific, you know, in the freight markets to, you know, things along the, you know, the innovation in the cash payment processing cycle. And so it's not super exciting, but it's things that help the efficiencies in the back office, PRDP, uh, you know, structured documents, those things, uh, which are really important when you think about, you know, where um, uh, the industry is as far as, you know, processing payables and how important that is and some efficiencies there. Uh, we're also seeing a lot of really interesting and neat technologies uh, with inside the, the the warehouse, so within the, f- the four walls. You know, we look at everything across the supply chain, um, so that includes moving to people and goods, you know, and that's just not on the roads. It's also in the warehouses. So uh, a lot of things, you know, related to uh, robotics and technology, um, scanning within the warehouses, and again, you know, when we think about the pain points, you know, labor availability, efficiencies, those are all things, you know, that, that we're seeing a lot of, um, a lot of big startups in. And I'd say the last big area that I've circled that we're seeing is, you know, we know that a lot of the transition in the space isn't going to be, you know, overnight to fully autonomous. Um, so we're seeing a lot of kind of bridging applications, things are helping from the environment that we're in today uh, to where the environment's going to be, you know, 10 or 15 years down the road. And so again, I mean, that could be something on the autonomous side. Uh, that could be something on the automation side, um, you know, with robotics and some things along those lines. Um, but, you know, really still seeing a lot of great innovative startups and a lot of uh, interesting things in the space right now. I love all of those. One of my top favorites is, is back office. I always tell people if you're looking for a problem, just go hang out with accounting and you'll probably find something in the first 10 to 15 minutes that that needs some uh, updating operationally or at least some really nice tech to to keep it flowing. How does your team go about assessing these different types of technologies and and their need for them in the market and almost like their true value of of what they're looking to innovate? Yeah, Gracia, we're we're really fortunate. Um, we have uh, um, a significant amount of our capital that we're investing comes from our corporate limited partners. Um, so we have within our network across our three funds probably forty or so limited partners who've invested with us. 
Uh, and it really creates a good flywheel for us. Um, it, it gives us a great network where we can go out and we can really do due diligence and kind of ask questions, you know, about um, things that we're getting pitched and things that we're seeing, you know, from 25,000 feet. How does that really work at, at 5,000 feet or how does that work at ground level? So we're able to talk to people who are really using some of this technology day to day. Um, and across our limited partner base, you know, we've got uh, companies that are, are very specific transportation logistics, large you know, providers in that space, um, to companies that do manufacturing and things across the supply chain. And so we've got some diversity of who we're able to speak to. Um, so certainly that's you know one of the areas that we're able to, or one of the ways we're able to diligence things that we're seeing. Then, of course, you're just across our ecosystem. Um, I've been involved in the transportation logistics space for I don't really want to say 20 years, but it's getting close to that period of time um, and, and have been fortunate to really develop a lot of good contacts. Uh, our team has a very strong network. Um, and we've got some very good venture partners, people who work with us that are very close to the space. And so uh, you can probably tell from my answer, we're leaning on a lot of our friends uh, as we diligence and we think about you know, the startups that we're looking at. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of times you know, we have our, like our, we just had our F3 event and uh, you see this across the space as well. A lot of uh, different uh, firms come together and, and, and come not only invest in, in the same companies, but uh, like you said, kind of back each other up and, and make sure that due diligence is done. And, and speaking of kind of that due diligence, when you're evaluating startups, what are some of the key qualities that you look for in founders? And, and what do you think leads to uh, a successful f- a founder from your past experiences? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think, as you know, I'm probably everybody listening to this, there's there's no one specific answer. I mean, so it's not that there's, you know, one pedigree that basically uh, is a guarantee for success. I think like a lot of other VCs, I mean, we're, we're always, you know, happy with the very shiny founders that have the right pedigree and the right background, you know, the flashy logos of, of maybe work experience or some successful exits. You know, there, there's certainly no doubt that, that that's important to us and something that we consider. Um, but but definitely in the freight tech space, you know the um, you know things that we care about are people who know the space very well. Um, and I think one of the lessons over the last four or five years has been um, that this is a unique space, and that people who um, you know have certainly spent time uh, in the transportation you know, space in different capacities and operating capacity, but in an environment where they know the industry, they know the market. Um, you know that's certainly very important to us. I mean, certainly as we've seen recently, and, and you mentioned this you know, kind of in the overview, I mean, it's a, it's a more challenging market right now. So things have changed from the availability of funding. And so, you know, we want founders who are going to be able to grind and roll up their sleeves and work hard because this is an environment where, look, when, you know, the cycle was in everybody's favor, there was a lot of freight, you know, there was a lot of disruption and that creates a lot of opportunity. Um, this is certainly a different market from a cyclical standpoint, and, and it takes a different founder to navigate, you know, these, these markets. So, um, again, probably not too much of a surprise and kind of, you know, the, the, the typical shiny things that we like, but very specific to this space. You know, we certainly like people who, who know the industry, um, you know, have a network, have worked in it, um, and can roll up their sleeves and navigate through both good times and bad times. Yeah. I, I think especially probably that those bad times, if anything, mean more than, than how you've weighed them in the past, right? Seeing that, I wouldn't say that it's unclear when we'll get out of, out of this current freight. Um, market that we're seeing. But, you know, even with all the data that we have, it's tough for us to call when that might turn around. And so I think it's it's not only right looking for leaders who who clearly have a vision and, and know how to take that vision to the next step, 
but also who who can kind of keep that vision paced out well, keep that that runway right uh, uh, where it needs to be, and and uh, and lead the team through that. I think is is huge because, like I said, it's just it's not as clear as as we would hope. And uh, I guess that, that's the question I do have for you is in the landscape that we're in now, how has how has the work that you've done changed over the last couple of years? What was it like for you and uh, looking for companies to invest in a couple of years ago, right? When it was just a beautiful market for it. And and today, right? do you feel more reserved? Do you feel uh, t- taking a risk it means more? Uh, how do you look at the current market today and, and the work that you do? Yeah, so it's a great question, and I think one of the benefits that we've had is uh, being sector-focused and really looking at supply chain and mobility you know, since the inception of our firm back in 2016, um, is that we like to consider ourselves natives or locals to this space versus tourists. And it's not supposed to be kind of a comment that you know, anybody else is investing in the space, uh, but it's something that you know we've looked at for a long period of time. And so you know, Grace, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's always hard work. There's always a lot of work that we have to do. You know, that piece hasn't changed. Um, but the piece that's, you know, maybe I'll, nothing's easy in any of this, but maybe a little bit more refreshing is, is that, you know, some of the people who were tourists and looking at the space because it was one of the hot spaces, you know, coming out of COVID with all of the disruption in the past couple of years, you know, the momentum has faded. And so certainly that creates challenges. Um, the cyclical factors, you know, aren't necessarily as strong, uh, but it certainly has helped because, you know, we've been involved in the space. We've looked at a lot of these companies over the years. We've followed them and we've tracked them. And so we've been able to continue to mark that progress. And so, um, you know, certainly teasing out, you know, what's cyclical and what's secular, you know, what's really driving the business. You know, those are still very important things for us. Um, but the fact that, you know, maybe some people who were in the space because it was one of the hot spaces with a lot of momentum, um, have, have moved on, you know, that's been maybe one of the solar linings behind, you know, the environment that we're operating in currently. It makes a lot of sense. And, and speaking of, of course, the work that you've done, I mean, uh, to review some of these wonderful companies, you've been a part of Shiphawk Neutral, Clear Now Pickup, which is uh, acquired, right? Basic Block, Truck Labs, HDVI. Uh, what, how do you feel, or, Maybe how are these companies in particular kind of related or, or how, what common characteristics do you see among them and maybe strategies that they deployed in their in their growth or in their uh, work as a startup? And how do you replicate that with uh, the investments that you're looking at for in the future? Yeah, so I think that probably, you know, as you go through the portfolio and you think about what we've invested in, and obviously, I mean, this makes sense because we want some diversification. You know, each of those companies is unique in their own individual aspects. So there's certainly no big surprise there. Um, I would say a couple of the common threads, though, um, you know, if you look at our, our you know, particularly our supply chain and logistics investments are, you know, we're really looking for, you know, we're, we're really trying to run to where the ball's going to be or where, or where the ball isn't. And, and so, you know, we don't have a lot of the companies that were maybe pitched over the past four or five years as the big disruptors in the freight market, you know, kind of trying to do a lot of the freight matching and the freight brokerage. Um, and look, you know, it wasn't easy sometimes to sit some of those out because there were a lot of very innovative and very great companies that were there. You know, there's a lot of great solutions that are happening there. Um, but we also know that, you know, the, the the freight market and freight matching is a very competitive market. There's a lot of companies that have deep pockets that play in that space, both the existing incumbents, people within the industry and the people that are looking at it. And so, 
you know, it's a long way to say that when you look at you know, our portfolio investments, you know, a lot of those companies are you know, more niche players in the markets that they serve. So, you know, taking um, taking ClearNow for example, I mean, that's a company that's looking to automate the customs clearance process. You know, there's not a lot of headlines that you see about customs brokerage and customs clearance, and so you know, that's a large market. Um, there's a lot of pain in that market when you think about the documentation and the handling and all the things that need to happen from a from a customs clearance type standpoint. And so we really like, you know, um, clear now from that standpoint, the market that they play in. And there's also other opportunities around that market as you think about everything that kind of touches kind of the whole customs process. Um, similar sort of thing with Basic Block. You know, Basic Block is a truck uh, fa- or is a factoring company for the small fleet operators. Again, you know, nothing super exciting and sexy about that. Um, and, and certainly there's other factoring solutions that are out there, but the unique you know, opportunity with Basic Block is really focusing on you know, the small fleets and thinking about the ability to you know, really almost be you know, kind of the banking and the, the wallet behind you know, a lot of the small fleets that are out there, providing other services where you can see the quality of the receivables and that piece of it. So you know, if you think about the companies that we've invested in, again, it's really looking for um, uh, you know, strong pain points that need to be solved against something that's probably not unique to the marketplace, um, but also in markets that are maybe a little bit more niche and a little bit more unique, but have the opportunity to kind of touch other places across the supply chain. Yeah, it's a, a great portfolio as well. I got a good friend at Cleared. I was working there and absolutely loves it. So uh, happy to see that that's a part of it too. Uh, we have a, just time for a one more question here, but I think this one is probably the most important for at least our audience watching and, and those out there trying to navigate the space for entrepreneurs out there who are have their own startups or free tech startups and they've you know they're looking it's it's a time for them to to start taking off and, and looking for that investment what advice do you give them in, the, in this in environment today yeah so it is a great question and it's a good one to to kind of end on and you know look i mean you know um this environment today is not going to be the environment that we're in, you know, next year or two years from now or five years from now. And so you certainly don't make a decision based on the short term you know, as you're thinking about the long term, um, because, you know, this is a cyclical market. And, you know, you made the comments earlier, it's like, we're not sure when this is going to turn. But if you look back over freight cycles, they do turn at some point. And so you always to be you know, focused on kind of the long term and what your objective is. And the other comment that I would make is, you know, obviously, you know, as a founder, as a startup, your business is very important to you. You asked us earlier the things that we're looking for in founders. You make sure you're looking for the same thing in your VC partners. I mean, it's a partnership that really works both ways. So look for VCs that can support, you know, your objective and support your firm, you know, help you grow, bring the things to the table that your team needs and really be supportive of you. Um, and, and, you know, don't always go, you know, chasing kind of maybe the one that's the, the you know, highest valuation, but look for the ones that really is the best fit with what, with, with really what you're trying to accomplish. So those would be my thoughts on that, Grace. I, I love that. I think it's simple, direct for people to, to take advantage of. And clearly, thank you so much for your, your time today and, and ex- exploring this area for us as well. For everyone watching, continue enjoying the rest of the show. And uh, we'll be back here in a second with more wonderful domestic uh, freight knowledge for you as well.